welcome you into a Tuesday edition of Morning Drive, ESPN 1025 The Game. Good to have you in for the next four hours. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise. Action-packed show today as we got a lot of good stuff to get to on the Titans. College football. And of course, your Nashville Predators as they play game three of a four-game stretch at home to start the year tonight against the helpless, winless San Jose Sharks. Boys! Is it too early to say helpless and winless after three days? Of they the might season? not win a game all year because <laughs> today's Tuesday, so we can overreact, yeah, we right? Can, so San Jose is in trouble. Yeah, that's true. We can do that. The Shark Tank is uh, empty, big time. That's because the game's in Nashville tonight. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> they got they have like a what a forty games uh, road road tour. <laughs> They're away for forty games. No, I'm just messing with you. Uh, all right, boys. So you know, oh, although man. you were ready, you were ready for hockey season yesterday with all the, 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 yeah. tr- the, the you know the football tragedy that took place over the weekend. Exactly, we are in a football state of emergency. We are officially a Southern Canadian province. We've also lost some people. <laughs> we, we, we've lost some people. Where's a, your a, a good kicker was lost? Where's your foot, football m- impact meter? Where is it? Where is that? Where it's just like that meter that tells you that you're just on fire right now. Where's that meter? Is it is it mild? Oh, the flames have been. The flames are almost out. They are almost out. Like I texted my buddy yesterday. I said, "Just get me to the Masters." Well, what about uh, what about LSU Bama? How about just get you to I'll LSU? Co- Bama? I'll come back for that. All right. All right. Oh man, you checked out on NFL already? With yeah, the, the NFL's dead to me. <laughs> Can't figure it out. Just when you think you have it figured out, they change the questions. Yeah, that's the whole point, I think. It really right. is. Keep um, everybody guessing and gambling. It's good to know that the Tennessee Titans listened to Morning Drive because yesterday. <laughs> Uh, we demanded, or at least I did, that somebody had to lose a job, uh, whether it was offensive line coach Keith Carter or the kicker Cairo Santos, and it was, in fact, Cairo Santos. He gets cut, uh, according to multiple sources, Cody Parkey, former Bears kicker, former Eagles kicker, former Auburn Tiger, is in town today for a workout. Looks like he will be the new kicker of your Titans, and as bad as he is, I still think he had to send a message. He might not be any better than Santos, but at least you're trying. Yeah, um, the, the, and that's the bad part about it is that there in a game like that, uh, it, if it was now it, had they won, he wouldn't have got cut, but they lost. But it was in a fashion that they lost. If he had missed two field goals, um, then okay, they could have survived. You know, they could have justified the two field goals, um, but he ended up missing four. But you again, you blame the head coach for sending him out there to kick a fifty-three yard field goal after he's already missed three. Yeah, what are you thinking? I mean, that's still what yeah, we talked about yesterday. Exactly. It's it's like this: the young man confidence is shot. What do you think? He, all of a sudden, he went in the locker room and got some confidence juice, and he came back out to kick a fifty-three yard field goal after he already missed a thirty-three yard field goal, and the field goal gets partially blocked. And you can't blame that one on him unless you say the kick was low. I mean, he could have been three for. Th- my problem with the decision is he could have been three for three. Yeah, fifty-three yards. If he had been if he had been three for three, I still don't know that with four on fourth and four with six minutes to go down by seven that you kick the field goal. Like I still, even if he was six for six, I could still say, well, uh, you know, probably should go for it here because you're down by seven. You may not get back into this scoring situation again. So again, I, I, not surprised with the news. Um, like you said, Derek, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be any better, uh, but but it has to be. You have to make a maneuver. Uh, I think Parkey. Um, Cody Parkey looks like the name that they're targeting today. Uh, played for the Bears. Obviously, famously missed the field goal in the playoffs last year. Doink for for the Bears, and I believe twenty three of thirty last season. So not not good, not good. And then uh, 
three extra points missed, I believe, last season as well. So, it, it, listen, the, the, you're not going to find somebody right now. It's sort of like the quarterback problem across the NFL. There, there seems to be a starter problem at quarterback and a starter problem at kicker right mm-hmm. now. All the quarterbacks are hurt. There's, it's, it's tough to find guys. People are using backups, third stringers, or you know, Pittsburgh and the Jets are on their third string quarterback. Seems like people are just trying to find a kicker right now. I have the perfect solution. Titans, listen. <laughs> Don't bring that bum in. Don't bring him in. Because he missed the field goal in the, in, in the playoffs, got the Bears put out of playoffs, then he was horrible, okay, during the season. Forget him. You know what you need to do? Go get Carly Lloyd right now. Go get her. You might as well. Be a good, be good PR. You, you might as well go get her and give her a tryout right now. Go get her. I, I mean, what else do you have there, to lose? There's a couple guys for, uh, what was it, Lasso plays def- full, fullback, plays defense for Nashville SC uh-huh. that was in the preseason kicking 50-yard field exactly. goals at the facility. Bring, I mean, bring them all in. Bring them all in. Let's, let's bring in Jay- Morton Anderson, Gary Chase, Anderson. Chase McCabe. I don't know why. He, <laughs> let's see if he can do it. I'm serious. Like, bring Carly Lloyd in. I mean, your team is, your team, they're, they're, they're going downhill, okay? You might as well bring do something to kind of boost some uh, some energy into the team. All right. Well, it, at we least get some national coverage. Exactly. At least they were able to part ways with Santos and tell him to get the heck out of Nashville. But what did transpire yesterday that is very, I, I would say, alarming is Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Titans, defending his decision to send Cairo Santos out there when he was already 0 for three from 53 yards down seven. Take a listen to the head coach. You know, the the biggest thing that you have to do is you have to understand that. We all have a job to do, and you have to coach and you have to play the game, um, I think, with that idea in mind and that you're, you're, you're playing the situations. And, again, I thought that he kicked a good one earlier that we did not protect very well, and I felt like he put a good uh, swing on it, which would have been good. We, we, were, we were soft inside. And so um, in thinking that, I was, was looking at him and felt confident that he'd go out there and make it. I mean, we don't. We don't have the luxury of, of having hindsight and, and dealing with those types of things. We all make decisions um, through the course of the game, players and coaches. Um, and again, we just have to try to do the best job that we can to make the right decision. All right, so a week ago, he took some time to sleep on his decision not to go up three scores, came back the next day and said, yeah, that's my bad. We should have cooked the field goal to go up 17. Now he doubles down basically on, on his decision. Yeah, and how do you know if a blocked kick is going to be good? Like That's that's one that always cracked me up from and it's not just variable it's all players and coaches they're like oh that one would have been good i'm like you only saw it fly like 12 feet <laughs> out of like the 40 yards that it was yeah. going to fly how do you know what direction it was going to go like well it felt like you put a good swing on it well okay like every time my tee shot hits a tree it, i it, i swear it was going down the middle like <laughs> you know what i mean like i just knew when i saw like, i knew it. it it was it was it was working its way back into the fairway boys okay like so it, either way like we joke around a little bit there's no way to know if a field goal kick is going to be good 12 feet into the into the kick you know you got another 38 yards to go um I, listen i I still don't – again, he could have been four for four, and I still don't think the decision to send him out there is the correct decision. I don't think you can defend the decision. No. And Vrabel was very defensive yesterday, I thought, in his entire press conference, talking about the offensive line, you know, what, what, you know, what did Taylor do right or wrong, you know, what about uh, Nate Davis. I mean, there were a lot of questions uh, about the offensive line, about special teams, about a lot of things, and he got a little, he got a little defensive yesterday, and, and, and I get it. I would like my coach to be on edge if I'm a fan of the Titans right now because the, t- he, the team should be on edge. They didn't play well, so um, I, I don't. I don't think you can defend. I still don't understand how you can defend the decision 
when, when you're down seven with six and a half to go on a fourth and four when the percentages say to go for it on fourth down i mean i, I it just i still can't defend the decision so he was uh, and, and i was listening to um jared and the gm yesterday um and you know just hearing snippets of his 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 uh press conference he seemed a little bit agitated yesterday um he seemed a little bit you know just a little bit off of his square maybe because of how they lost maybe he's just tired of this team and all our antics i know they got to be tired of taylor lewan his antics well, I know that, they gotta and that be was before pissed. all that yeah. stuff started i know they got to be pissed with him getting suspended with four games and yeah. you know the coming back and all that other stuff i know this organization has had it up to their necks with Taylor Lewan, but you know, they paid him a lot of money. He's a good player. And you know, what do you say? Um, so, I mean, there are some things in there and, and I think we have, um, the question that Jared asked him, but listen to his answer. And, and I was listening to this answer and I immediately said, yeah, he's, he's irritated and he's kind of upset about everything right now. Yeah. So basically what he was asked by Jared was, what do you say to Titans fans that feel like this team is just the same old team? And here's what Mike Vrabel had to say. That we're working tirelessly to improve this football team each and every day. That when I come to work uh, to the detriment of my family, uh, I think about this team um, when I'm here, when I'm not here, uh, that we're going to improve. That our goal is to improve every day, to put guys in positions, to coach these guys, to let them uh, be in position to, to help the team and, uh, and play with great effort. Play with great fundamentals, but most importantly, uh, win. Well, we certainly know Mike Vrabel is committed to winning a Super Bowl more over the the intimate relationship with his wife, right? Because we yeah. know that he's willing to cut off his yeah his appendage for a yeah. Super Bowl championship, as he joked earlier <laughs> in the summer. So we know he's at the detriment to his family. He's committed. Mm-hmm. To the Titans, but that that sounded a little different there, D Mace. Yeah, and 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 that part when I heard that part, the detriment of my family. That's some, stank, that's some stank on it. Too. You shouldn't have taken the job. You know what being a head coach and a player entails. You know what a coach being a coach in this league entails. It means time, a lot of time away from your family. So when you say. And I and I get it, and he's absolutely right. He's right about it. The detriment of your, that's he's completely one hundred percent right. Yep. But nobody wants to hear that. The fans don't want to hear it. The the players don't want to hear it because they got to be away from their families. We don't want to hear it because this is you took on this job. You knew exactly what it entailed. You're absolutely right about everything you said, but nobody wants to hear that. The detriment of your family. What? Well, there's going to be hard times. There's going to be good times. The fans don't want to hear, oh, to the detriment of my family, even though it's true. But the fans don't want to hear that. They figure like, man, you you took the job. You got enough money. We don't want to hear about that other stuff. Just win a ball game. That's all we want to hear. Yeah. And you can tell the the irritation in his voice. And, and, and just he's fed up with a lot of things that are going on. It could be internally with his team. It could be externally looking in the crowd, not seeing a bunch of Titan fans. Some, some jobs are Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. You go home. You're home from work at 5.30. You don't think about your job again, and it's all family. Other jobs you consume, and it, it consumes your existence. I, I, and coaching in the NFL is one of them. No, no question. And everybody knows that when they're getting themselves into it. But here are two things you cannot do as a head coach of an NFL team. You cannot attack the fans 
and you cannot cry about the hardship that you're dealing with when you're making millions of dollars to, to coach a football team. You can't do either of those two things because the fans are not going to care. Exactly. Like Now, it doesn't mean he's wrong. Yeah, that's he, what I'm saying. He, he's right that that Titans fans should be embarrassed about how many Bills fans took over your stadium, mm-hmm. that it was almost 60-40 Bills fans, 50-50 Bills fans, whatever the number is. You should be ashamed of your stadium for performing that way in your fan base. But you know what you can't do as the head coach of the Titans? Attack the fans. You just can't. It's not going to be a good look. You also can't, you, you know, you can't ask for people's bleeding hearts to feel good for you and feel sorry for you and, feel, and all this stuff because you have a tough job and you work really hard. Like, you can't, that, that part is just not a, a thing that you can do. Um, that's why he, you could tell he put a lot of extra stank on one sentence and then moved on. He didn't linger on it. He just said, it was sort of like a, of course I think about this team. It costs me relationships and my family. You know, like, you can't, people are not going to feel the sympathy for you in that. Like, you chose the job. You make a fortune doing it, a small fortune that 99% of Nashvilleans and Tennesseans would love to make and have the opportunity to make. You're just not going to, you're not going to gain anything from saying that kind of stuff, which is why, again, he moved on from it quickly, um, but you can tell that that part, like, you could tell he was like, yeah, I, th- this is something I care deeply about, which, again, I don't think anyone questions his passion about the team, like his job. It doesn't mean he's doing it very well or making all the right decisions. Like, it doesn't mean you're being a great coach right now. Speaking of moving on, maybe Taylor Lewan should move on from social media. We'll get to that on the other side. It is Morning Drive. We're live this morning from the Wholesaling Studio, powered by RumbleOn.com. Back after this on ESPN 1025 The Game. All right, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025 The Game. Just remember, when you lose, sit down and be humble. Marquis sending a message there. Well, I had to send a message yesterday, too, to Boss Hog, because, you know, he wants to be on Twitter and, you know, create his brand and all this other stuff, which is all great, except for when you're out for the first month of the season, your team is 2-3, and three, and you weren't even that good in your return. Uh, Lawan tweeted yesterday, shout out to at Shaq Lawson 90 and his dominant stats, couple of laughing emojis, hashtag first round backup, you're a monster, ha ha. Well, let, let's, we got to go back, right? Because the start of this was Shaq Lawson's postgame commentary. Mm-hmm. Right. Where he said, where he called Lawan a fake tough guy. Mm-hmm. And so Shaq Lawson started all this in a postgame comment about Taylor Lawan's performance after a win, mind mm-hmm. you, against the Titans where they had five sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Shaq Lawson says, oh, he's a fake tough guy, which is a very standard complaint. Yeah. About Taylor Lewan, mm-hmm. if you are not a Taylor Lewan supporter. Exactly. And so then Taylor Lewan sends out that Correct. tweet you just mentioned. And, and then, then um, it snowballs from there. Yeah, so then I, I, I tweeted at Taylor Lewan. I said, hey, Dad, maybe you should just lay low and shut it down. You didn't play too well in your return. You let your team, city, and fan base down for four games. Buffalo won the game. Now you're giving a dude that I forgot existed cred. Maybe help out that stiff Saffold instead of chirping. <laughs> So, Saffold didn't have anything to do with that. Well, help your boy well, out because he stinks too. Saffold needed some help though. Um, I know, but so, Saffold was just sitting over there like, man, I ain't got nothing to do with this. A couple different discussions here because we have to have the discussion whether or not Nick Kale was out of line on that. Was Nick Kale out of no. line to to take jabs at, at, at Taylor Lowe and everybody he else? He really didn't take a jab we at can, Taylor. His jab was more so a Staffold. Well, I, well, I'm okay with it because if, to, if it calls attention to the show, I'm good. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Count him. I, I have no, I have no shame. I have get it, Nick. <laughs> just get everybody. Hey, and that's not really that wasn't my intent. I'm just at a point where, right. like, I, I don't want to see a dude who lost a game talking trash to a guy that I don't even really acknowledge. No, you're right about that. And here, here's my whole problem. And and I know 
I, I just know, um, you know, because I, I played in sort of the same era of football that Mike Vrabel played in, played against Vrabes. Um, I know he's tired. That he's tired of this. This irks him. He don't want. It's not at the top of his radar, but he hear it on the peripheral, and he's tired of it. He's just like, dude. He's thinking you got suspended for four games. Then you come back and you talk trash. Like, just leave it alone. You've done other things that kind of just irk people. Just leave it alone. Just we paid you a lot of money just to play. I'm sure Mike, I'm sure um Robinson is is like, dude, seriously, just you you don't need to get into that back and forth. Cause it's you're in a you're in a lose situation. That's we lost the game and you played horrible and you got suspended four games. How are you in the winning situation? How are you making this about the team? You're making it about you. It's not about the team. Here's my problem with Taylor. And Taylor's a good player. And I've always, and I will always say until he consistently proved me wrong. I think last game, you know, knocking off some of the rust. I just hope it's not like this the game, the next game moving forward. But you can't get suspended four games and then come back and play the way you play and then get on social media and start ragging people. You can't do that. Sit down, lay low, wait till the next game, get your bearings back and go back out there and grind and hustle the way that offensive line is supposed to do. So he sends the screen grab. Uh, and then, of course, Shaq Lawson responds, still was whooping your ass all game. That was his response. He then turned into, uh, and then Shaq goes, LOL, hope you were in Arizona during the offseason, tough guy. Taylor Lewan then responds with, yep, and it'll go the same as last time. You tired as bleep and me crushing workouts. Nice grammar there, Taylor. Uh, big hugs. You might not be crushing workouts no more than you're not taking a roids. <laughs> Hashtag big hugs, tiny kisses, which is pretty funny. I like that one. Um, and then they just then they start to go back and forth. You want to use my name to get clout stud? There you go. Enjoy from Taylor. Back to back to Shaq, the offseason tweet, and then back to Shaq again. Keep that same energy when I see you in Arizona, Taylor Lewan, no cap. And, and it just keeps going. Uh, and then Jordan Phillips, who I believe had three sacks over the weekend for the Buffalo Bills, uh, jumps in. Go get drug tested again, bum. You're soft cry, baby. I'm surprised you even finished the game. Uh, Jordan Phillips, and then Jordan Phillips goes for the kill shot, mm-hmm. on, and he starts posting video of the game. So, like, here's a highlight where he's like, appreciate you, Shaq Lawson, for beating Taylor Lewan inside so I could get my sack. And, it sh- and it's a highlight of Shaq Lawson beating Taylor Lewan and mm-hmm. Roger Saffold, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> beats a double team. And Jordan Phillips just goes right off his hip and, and picks up a sack. Then he keeps tweeting, <laughs> Jordan Phillips was savage yesterday. Man didn't say one word during the game because he was getting tore up, and now he wants to be a social. Now he wants to take it to social media. You're a joke. Always have been a joke. Th- this is intense mm-hmm. stuff. And then he again putting out more cuts of Shaq Lawson beating Taylor Lewan. But um, there, there must be a oh, savage. Yeah, there must be a consensus in the NFL amongst probably defensive players that that Taylor's this fake tough guy. There must be a consensus. Because when guys say things like that, it's not just a one-off. These are things that they've been talking about, that they've been talking about with other guys, and, like during the summer. And now they feel the yeah. freedom to publicize it. And now it. they're going to say it because now they played against him and they like, yeah, he's this tough well, they're guy. Getting ca- and they're getting called mm-hmm. out by him exactly. on social media after beating him. Absolutely. So to me, this is sort of like the 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 consensus amongst a lot of 
a defensive player is like he's just this tough okay, guy. But l- let me ask you this question, and I, I've had it. And with, I don't know if it's right like, or wrong. I'm just saying. Yeah, and, and I'm just I'm done with Taylor Lewan. He's like I said yesterday with that tweet, whatever. But I mean, when you're one of the three or four best left tackles in the NFL, and you're six seven, three hundred pounds, can you really be a fake tough guy? Yeah, you can. You can. I mean, well, you got to be pretty tough to be an elite tackle in this no, league. No, you ain't got to be tough. You just got to be skilled. Okay, you ain't got to be tough. If you are a skilled tackle. You just, that's just who you, and he's a skilled tackle. He's athletic. He's a skilled guy. He's, he's that guy that, you know, you could put him on the left or the right. You could put him at guard. He could play just about any position because of his athleticism. You don't have to be this mauling tough guy to play the left tackle position. And I think a lot of defensive linemen in regards to him has, has figured this out, you know, and, 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 and these are the things that is permeating through the NFL, like he's a fake tough guy. You get in his head. He's not going to say anything when they're losing. He might, but he com- has, might commit a penalty. Yeah, he might say something when you're winning. But, uh, but here, here's the thing. Quentin Spain had some stuff to say, too. Not about Lawan, but about the crowd. I mean, Quentin, yeah, I, I Quentin mean, Spain had some part in shot, that, party that, shots that, as well. That is just, I mean, I, we got on the crowd yesterday, but Titans get a crowd something to, to cheer for, and then maybe they'll come out. But I, I'm still... I'm still on my initial Titan, you should, Titan fans. You should come out regardless. His comments were going into the game. We knew we could listen to Josh's voice on nine out of ten snaps because most likely it wasn't going to be very loud in there. So it was you about can't it was do that it was about us going into the stadium as a former player who got uh-huh. who who you know basically oh, yeah. they didn't resign him. I don't blame the guy for feeling that way. If it's true, uh-huh. which it turned out to be true, yeah. that's the bigger concern, right? No, like, but it. I mean, it was right. Exactly. I mean, you go in there, and as an opposing team, you can hear your own calls being made. That's a home game for you. Yeah, basically. And quickly here, and we I know we're going to get into this a lot, but there are a few things that 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 just puts me off in regards to Taylor and this this whole this whole persona that he has. Um, and I think and and it started, you know, when he first got drafted and all the stuff that happened, and then it kind of got better and he became a leader and and, and everything kind of smoothed itself out. But then when he get, and, and I think we were on the air together when he got that big contract. I think we were. And when he came walking through and I vividly remember saying, I don't like that. When he walked through with the white suit, the ball talk, the ball I, said, I said, I don't like that. I don't. Because one, it's all about me. And I, and I even say, I bet you very them don't like that either. It's one. It's all about me. It's all about me. Taylor Lewan. Even on a day where he gets his contract, that bothers you? You No, it bothers me because here's here's why it bothered me. Because this is a team thing. And no one else on that team, they've got big contracts. No one else on that team made it about them. They signed their contract, you know, did the little post, and then they went about their business. This is what bugged me about Taylor. He came walking through this Boss hog and white suit. Do y'all really understand what boss hog, what that symbolizes? Do y'all know what that symbolizes? Uh, I think I know where you're going. Yeah. I mean, I know do where you're going. Know, but... Do y'all symbol- and I'm not saying that was him, right. but this is this is what I get as I'm looking at it. My perception. You know what that represents, the whole boss hog? And I, that was back in the day where, where you know, white folks in the South didn't give a damn about black folks. And you come walking through with this boss hog persona. I'm boss hog. I'm daddy. And you got a bunch of black guys following you. 
I didn't like that not one bit. You think anybody and else I, thought that in the locker I room? I don't know if anybody else thought well, that. I he, can't say if they did yeah, or not. Uh, he, even he if they did. Whole, he, he did bring the whole offensive even line out with him. Even if they did, including ben they would have never said that. They would have never said anything. Even if they did, they would have never said that. But to me, as a player, former player, it rubbed me the wrong way. That one thing, it rubbed me the wrong way. I still think he's got maturity issues. I think he's still so a very I don't immature know if guy. It's maturity issues, but that rubbed me the wrong way. And then everything that he has been doing, it's been about him. But you know, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but you know, the counter argument to that side of all of it is you know who loves the. It's for the boys and busting with the boys and the boss hog suit and the personality and the and the hand tats and all the other stuff. You know who loves all that? Young people. Young people of all different backgrounds and races. No, I wouldn't and say young people of all different backgrounds and races. Okay, it, I'm going to keep it real with you. Then we need it's to a, ask it's more. A good old, it's a good old boy thing to me. That's And, and y'all know me. I'm just going to call it how I see it. And that's it's fair. a good old boy thing to me. But and it, they but, love it because to him, and not to say that Tay. I'm not saying Taylor's that guy. Right. He, because I, I don't think he is. But to them on the outside looking at him, it's the good old boy. Right. And, and what I'm trying to get, and it's the same with the, t- I'm kind of going to lump it all in together into one thing, uh-huh. which is just Taylor being Taylor. And I, I will lump it all into, I'm a little bit older. I don't necessarily understand all of it. It looks a little selfish. It looks a little stupid. It looks a little this. It looks a little that. And people can interpret it all a different way. Um, but the people who love that kind of stuff are generally the the millennials who are on social media who love all this banter back and forth from players and the suits and all the silliness. They love all that stuff. You know, the only thing that matters to me is how did you play. That's it. I don't. You can do whatever you want. I don't care what you do on social media if you're playing really well and you're winning games. What, what, that's all I care about. I don't care if you wear. I don't. I don't care if you wear a speedo to the press conference after the game. I don't care. But but you better play well and you better do your job. And if you're not, you need to shut up. All right, coming up next, we will be joined by the great Floyd Reese, former Titans GM, co-host of Jared in the GM. We'll talk to Floyd in his weekly spot on the other side, get his thoughts on everything going on with the two-tone blue. Back after this here on Morning Drive. It is Morning Drive, 633, live here on a Tuesday edition of the show. ESPN 102.5 The Game, Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise. As we welcome in our general manager, Floyd Reese, of course, co-host of Jared and the GM. Floyd, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Doing well. So now take us through the process of a GM. We, we saw the news yesterday. Cairo Santos gets cut. Cody Park, he's coming in for the workout. So give us like the, the rundown of what John Robinson does from the moment he says, okay, I'm done with Santos and I got to pull out my Rolodex of available kickers. Take us through that process. You know, I think what, what happened was when they, when they worked at Santos and signed Santos, Parky was also one of the workout guys. And so, you know, you had just worked him out. You had a feel for him. You know, you obviously didn't like him as well as Santos at that point in time. But, I mean, let's face it, guys, you know, especially with a kicker, and where are you? You know, I mean, it's it's really, really difficult simply because you're trying to go out there and find somebody that's better. And if they were better, they'd probably be on a roster someplace. So, you know, now you're kind of stuck with, okay, I've signed him, I brought him in. And you're just, you know, every time you line up, you're kind of praying that it's it's going to work. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, Floyd, you had to go through sort of this um, because toward the end of Al Der Greco's um, career, and, you know, he had missed some field goals, um, especially during that Super Bowl year. But, you you know, you, you guys still hung with them. But then the next following year, I believe, um, Joe Netney came in, and, and, and Joe was great for us. Um, 
that whole process, and and you said bringing another kicker um, in and try and working them out, or bringing three or four kickers in and working them out. What what makes you make that decision? Is it just the four field goals that a, that an individual miss, or is it the accumulation of even the field goals that he's made? Is it the accumulation because you know some things are just knee jerk reactions. And I'm not saying that what Mike did was a knee-jerk reaction, but it had to be a com- uh, a combination of things, not just this game. Yeah, and I, and I think that's right. I think it's, you know, you've kind of been through them. I think he ended up being four of nine or five of nine, something like that, you know. So there are enough misses in there that it's a concern. And the truth is, you know, if if you could have kicked from, you know, 53 inside – and hit like 50%, you might have two more wins. And so I think it's, you get to a point where even though you're not convinced there's somebody out there that's better than what you got, it's almost like, you know, can I walk through the locker room and look at these guys and say, Hey, I'm giving you the best chance to win by keeping this guy. And I think, you know, you're probably saying to yourself, well, maybe any kind of change is better than where we are realizing that, like I said, I mean, the chances of him being a lot better are, are shaky, but you know how kickers are. I mean, he may come in and hit four from 60, you know, and you think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, uh, and then go out the next week and miss two PATs. I mean, that's the that's the problem. That's why when I signed Gary Anderson way back when, he was actually in Canada fishing. He owned a fishing lodge. And he was up there fishing. And, you know, I thought to myself, how could you bring him in? Well, you brought him in because you knew that anything inside of 40 was a lock. Now, outside of 40, you know, you were were risking a little bit. Kickoffs, you're risking a little bit. But I thought at that point in time it was so important to be able, for the coaches to be able to, to say, okay, if we can get the ball to a certain yard line, it's for sure three points. Uh, and that's what he brought to us, you know, that just security blanket. You knew he wasn't a strong-legged kid. You knew he wasn't going to kick a 63-yarder. But you could count on 40 in. Hey, but he did win at the game in Baltimore, and I was 40-plus. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, Floyd, o- offensive line feels like one of those things in football, college or pro, that you can't just fix it during the regular season. Uh, certainly they could still make a trade. Uh, before the deadline if they wanted to go get another piece. But it doesn't seem like bodies are the problem. It seems like the guys who are there are not being developed. How how do you see this offensive line situation playing out? And if you're John Robinson, what do you do about it? Yeah, I mean, the truth is they're they're probably in kind of a pickle from the standpoint that, and we were talking about it this week, you know, here you've got a young guy starting his first NFL game after missing camp, after, you know, having limited practice reps, not playing in any games, well, he played last week uh, or the week before, played, you know, 30 snaps or whatever. So you've got a kid playing 30 snaps that you're going to start in his first game. And then on the other side, you've got Taylor coming back, who who is a legitimate, you know, NFL tackle. We know that. But he hasn't done anything for, you know, what is it, a month or five weeks or whatever it was. And you know he's not going to be at the top of his game. 
Now, can he be better than than the backup? Well, maybe he can, but that's still not the all-pro tackle you're looking for. And uh, and I think what it does to everybody across the line is kind of a ripple effect. You know, I think I think maybe Jack Conklin was a little bit concerned about the kid, and maybe he's trying to help, and it hurts him. You know, maybe across the line, guys are thinking, okay, we better slide the protection this way or that way, even though it's maybe not ideal, but you're thinking to yourself, hey, we've got to, you know, protect this guy or the other guy. So it it becomes a mess, and, and I'm not sure what you do now other than just, Write it out. You know, now Taylor is going to be fine. I'm not worried about that. But the young kid, I mean, the truth is, is he the answer? And we don't know. You know, this may be as good as he ever gets. And he may end up an all-pro. We just don't know that. Floyd, as a GM um, and a head coach together, would you guys rather be dealing with a star left tackle trolling other players on Twitter, or would you rather be dealing with your star cornerback who's not playing for you having dinner with Deshaun Watson in Houston. Which would you rather deal with? Yeah, those are the two options, huh? Yep, that's all you got. Can't do any better than that? Nope, those are the two. Uh, You know what? I mean, I don't like – social media hurts these guys more than it helps them. And I understand, you know, the way things are going and why you do it and and all of that stuff. But but especially during the season, I think most guys – that get on there, make themselves look ridiculous anyway. You know, it's just better to stay off of it, forget about it, go on. I mean, if you're you're playing a team and the team beat you, and they've got some guys that are talkers or texters or whatever the case may be, hey, they're gonna they're gonna jump out there now. You know, they just won, they just beat you, they just got a bunch of sacks. So you know, I can do and say pretty much what I want. And uh, and then you start responding to it, and then pretty soon you look like a dummy. So I don't know how you win at that, but I, I would put it away if it was me. Floyd, good stuff as always. We appreciate the time. We'll be listening later today at 2 o'clock. Thanks, guys. You got it. Floyd Reese joining us as he does each and every Tuesday here on Morning Drive at 6.30. Uh, programming reminder, Predators and Sharks tonight. The pregame gets underway at 6 o'clock here on 102.5 The Game. Puck drop at 7.00. Uh, and also, it's a nationally televised game tonight. So that means NBC Sports ooh, Network ooh, and uh, no, no shots shot, on goal. No shots on no goal. No shots on goal. Damn it. Get your I, apps out. I am curious what Titans fans think of the social media usage by Taylor Lewan. Because I agree with Floyd in general. I don't think athletes gain much during the season from using social media. Antonio Brown certainly hasn't gained anything. So If you're I, a pub in like a, an event or something yes, you're doing, then great. But once you reach a certain level of fame... I don't know if it benefits you that much. And again, it doesn't mean you don't have fun doing it. It doesn't mean you're not good at it because Taylor's pretty good at it. Yeah. Um, I just am curious if Titans fans look at what took place yesterday on on social media and and think, man, I wish you put this much effort into blocking people. I I, I don't know. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you care about it? I I don't know. I'd like to know what Titans fans think about it. All right. Let's open up the phone. 615-737-1025. The number 737-1025. Your thoughts, your reaction. Taylor Lewan on social media. Which side of the equation are you on? We're back after this with your calls on Morning Drive. All right, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5 The Game. Nick Braden, D-Mays, Marquis, 737-1025. The number discussing Taylor Lewan's latest social media activity. And if you're Mike Vrabel, you're John Robinson, do you say something to your left tackle? I mean, 
How do you go about Do you just don't acknowledge it? Do you just let it go? Do you pull them in behind closed doors? What do you do? I, I mean, I think there has to be a conversation. I don't think it has to be sternly worded or, you know, you, you're not in trouble. It's just sort of like, hey, you know, what are you gaining out of this? After a win, go for it. Even then, you, you know, you could still play, be the bigger man about it. I, you know, I don't know. I know the kids love the social media wars. And there's a part of me that as, a, as an NFL fan who grew up on the 80s and 90s NFL where everyone didn't, like, no one liked each other, right? Like, everybody in the NFL hated each other. Rivalries were a real thing. And now it's much more of a fraternity where all the players are sort of together, unified on the same team, which I understand why. I like that Nick Bosa is calling out Baker Mayfield. I I like that Jalen Ramsey is having dinner with Deshaun Watson on Mm -hmm. Instagram. I like that, like, if I'm not a Titans fan, I like Taylor Lewan taking shots at Shaq Lawson because I think it stirs up interest. It it makes it interesting. If I'm a Titans fan, I hate it, though. I I don't want, dude, you just got beat. Now Jordan Phillips is posting clips of you getting beat on the internet because he beat you. So we, we and, like and it until I, it happens know, in our own backyard. I, I think that's – and maybe that's hypocritical. I don't know. Um, if I was Vrabel, I'd say, hey, Taylor, like, again, we're not mad at you. This is not that big a deal. We know we don't want to stifle your creativity and your personality. But at the same time, you know, let, let's let's focus on getting wins, and you're clearly not where you need to be right now. Seven three seven one zero two five. Keith is up first on Morning Drive. What's up, Keith? Hey, guys. Uh I called in to Jordan and the coach the other day because Thelman was going on a rant about uh, uh, Taylor LeJuan and pay what he owes and if you're going to talk the talk, walk the walk. So I called in and I told him, I said, you know, Jared, that goes both ways. You need to come from behind that microphone and get in front of Taylor LeJuan and talk the talk if you're going to walk the walk. But anyway, I guess my point here is is Twitter is a lot like being behind the microphone. Man, people on Twitter are so cruel. I can't believe it sometimes. The only reason why I'm on Twitter is to follow you guys and follow Rex Chapman's blocker charge. (laughs) Maybe I'll get off here and listen. Which, which, by the way, like, he doesn't even do any of the work on that either. He just, like, he just, like, finds videos that other people post and then, like, takes it for himself. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's funny, but, like, anyway. Um, I, I don't think, I think it's always. I think it's a really false. I think it's a false comparative to say, "All right, if you're going to have an opinion on the micro on, on a radio show like we do, our, mm-hmm. our, we get paid to have opinions about stuff." Uh, Taylor Lewan's mm-hmm. ego is not. You know, no no NFL or coaches' egos were were harmed in the making of this radio show. So, like, I don't care about people's egos. Like, like my opinion is to make sure I have the best. Po- like, I think all three of us agree with this. We our loyalty first and foremost is to our audience, and our audience is full of Titans fans and Preds fans and college football fans and Derek Mason fans. Occasionally, mm-hmm. a few of them like Nick or I, but mostly <laughs> it's about Derek. No, it, it's just uh, our job. Like I, I don't care if Taylor Lewan likes or doesn't like what I have to say. Like I can't think like that. None of us think like that, and and frankly, neither should Taylor Lewan. He shouldn't care what we have to say. He should be focused on his own job. So, uh, and I give Stillman credit. He goes down. He was at that at the press conference yeah. yesterday. He was talking to Mike Vrabel and asking questions. So Stillman's not afraid of anybody. He'll stand up and say, "Hey, I, I, this is what I said about you on the show." Stillman's not scared at all. So I, I think it's a false equivalency to bring us having opinions about players into you know that's a totally different stuff. That's because, our job because it's not personal. Yeah, it's not personal. It's, it's not like you know what we say about Taylor or anyone else on that team is personal. Mm-hmm. It's Based upon what we see and 
what has, what is being done and what is being what is not being done and you never make it personal you you're able to now the players might take it personally um but as a as someone that's given opinion i don't take it personal if you want my opinion to change, then you change the, what Ky- you're doing. Cairo, right, exactly. Cairo, Cairo Santos sucked at kicking field goals. Exactly. We came on the air and we said Cairo Santos sucked at making field goals. Cairo Santos is a wonder, could be a wonderful man. Exactly. It's not an attack on his character that he missed four field goals. It's an attack on his ability to kick field goals. That's it. And that's our job. Like Again, Vrabel, I totally disagree with your decisions on when to go for it and when to kick field goals in the last three games. There's nothing to do with what kind of father he is. Like I'm not attacking his personal character. Our our job is to analyze what we see and hopefully hopefully in, occasionally entertain, I guess. But um, I, that part of it, I think, is a false equivalency. I, I, I do believe and I'm with Keith on this. You know, Twitter's not real life, and people are awful to each other on Twitter. If they were actually to stand in front of each other, I wonder if Shaq Lawson and, and Taylor Lewan, you know, maybe it got a little heated yesterday. I bet you they'd be, you know, give each other a. A big old bro hug and be like, all right, man, good, good game. I'll see you next week. I bet you people are far more cordial in real life because that's how everybody is on Twitter. They're far more cordial in real life. 615-737-1025, the number. And again, you know, whether it's on this show with a microphone or on social media with a keyboard, you know, we in this business are paid to give opinions, provide content, and hopefully, like you said, try, try to entertain at times and, you know, show our personality. It's not about us establishing and being buddy buddy with these guys, right? Like right, we're, exactly. we're we're loyal to two A's: our audience and our advertisers, and that, that's what we're, we're paid to do: generate ratings and generate revenue. Not be friends with Taylor Lewan, not be chummy with anybody in a hockey locker room. That that's that's not in the job description. No, and, and frankly, I, and the part of the reason I believe you and, and agree with you is I I I am so loyal to the audience that sometimes that, that's at fault of all the other relationships because what I want is I want to have as an objective an opinion as possible about what we see and I don't want a friendship with somebody to sway what it is I think or feel or do about a, about a particular team again if I was Vrabel I would not be like irate about this I would not be you know all super pissed off and yelling and screaming hellfire and brimstone I'd say I'd say listen Taylor can we talk a second hey listen man I get what you're doing. I know you're really good at it. I know the young. I know all the all the boys. You know all the puppies. They love it. You know I get it. You're really good at this. You're building your brand. But you know let's let's focus right now because we just got beat. We're two and three. We should all be upset about it. And the offensive line played terribly. And you guys need to get your act together. So let let's go play some ball. Let's worry about let's worry about the phone and the Twitter machine a little bit later. Um, I, I don't know. You know if that gets through. I don't know if that's valued. I don't know if Taylor Lewan listens. I don't know if Taylor Lewan cares. Well, he should care if his teammates. I would hope you know think that way. Um, he should care, um, but he should be able to look at it from. He should be able to remove himself from the situation and say, "Is this benefiting the team? This tweeting and going back and forth with other individuals on other teams does this benefit the team or myself?" And if you find that it doesn't benefit the team, then you stop doing it. But if you don't care, you're going to continue to do it. That's just the way it is. Would I mean, you say something good or bad? Yeah, I mean, if you were if you if were a wide got, receiver in his locker room, if it got into a point where you know, and we had that type of relationship, yes, you should be able to say something to somebody like, dude, like if you're an elder guy in the locker room, I do you. You're one of the leaders. You can't you can't do this, man. It's it's not good on anyone, you know. And that's where you 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 get the whole team together and you have a, a team only meeting. 
and y'all air out your grievances. It's like, listen, these are the things that need to happen. Taylor, chill. You know, that stuff, the social media stuff, you're making it more about you than anybody else. We as a team need to be better, and you as a leader need to be better. What example are you setting for these young guys? Because what you're saying is that I can do it, you know. Then these young guys are going to think, well, I can do it too. You know, even though it shouldn't be that way, you know, different rules for different fools. But as a leader, he should always think what what I'm doing on the field, does it affect the younger guys? That's how I had to look at it. Like, okay, if I don't go out and work hard or if I come in the locker room with a certain attitude, does it affect the guys in my room, the young guys in my room? Do they, What do they see? So I got to come in with a better attitude. All right, we'll get your calls on the other side, 615-737-1025. Joe will lead us off when we come back. A couple of open lines if you want to jump in, 737-1025. What do you make of Taylor Lewan and the way he's been using social media, getting back and forth with Shaq Lawson and a handful of other players? We're back after this morning drive, ESPN 1025 The Game.